Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. And I have an amazing guest on today. It's Amber Pulley Moyer. Did I say that correct? You got it. Yes. Thank you for the yeah. last one. Yeah, and thanks for getting here so early. We're here bright and early at Wasatch Recovery, and you are here early and ready to, to go. Be here. Thank you. You bet. Um, Amber is a, currently a third grade teacher at Highland Park in Sugar House. That's right. I can't wait to hear a little bit about that. I'm sure that's amazing to be able to teach kids and stuff. Um, Amber's lived an amazing life. Uh, she was actually single for quite some time. We're going to get into that um, and how the, how she dealt with that. But she's now currently married. What's your husband's name? Tate. Tate. Married Tate Moyer. Tate Moyer. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Tate. Um, you've you've done. You've done a lot of work. You've traveled. You've you're doing a lot of amazing things. You've kind of you're you've independent. You know you've done some amazing things there, and so we're going to talk about that as well. But I want to welcome you, and and again, listeners, welcome back, and thanks for all your support. And you know we're going to do another amazing belief cast with Amber. So so tell us a little bit about yourself, Amber. A little back background and where you grew up, and a little bit about your family. Okay, I am the second youngest of nine children and I grew up here in Salt Lake City, Utah to amazing, incredible parents. I feel like the podcast should be about them. <laughs> yeah, well nine kids, I can't even imagine how how much dedication and sacrifice that would take to have that many kids. <laughs> yeah, and they both um were working parents and Okay. and we have such a great relationship between everyone in our family and I so appreciate just how they led by example with everything they did I um at a young age so I'm from Salt Lake City but if you ask my older siblings they would say I'm from Santa Cruz California because we actually moved when I was eight and I remember at a very young age my parents being concerned about moving to a pretty homogeneous society right and they were very deliberate in creating um a space of diversity we had exchange students living with us from korea really? japan brazil really our travels <laughs> focused on learning other cultures other religions and i am so grateful for their de- deliberate ability to create some a space for us to learn more about other people and accept all and i think that all nine of us have a serious case of wanderlust because of that we are <laughs> obsessed with the world and cultures yeah you know I, you know i was reading your bio before and uh, you've done a lot of traveling and you, you're continuing to do that and but i love what you're saying how your parents taught you to accept all talk a little bit about that and how that's played a part in your life up to this point even. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, again, my parents just were are extraordinary people who have big hearts. And it was very important to accept all, love all. We constantly, our house was constantly full of guests. Mm-hmm. We had people um, live with us for a short time. We had people, my older siblings, their college roommates come for the weekend. It was, <laughs> it was just constant yeah. door open policy. Right. And, you know, my mom was a kindergarten teacher and after now being a teacher, I have so much appreciation for right. her day, what her day looked like, but she would get home and she would immediately cook us dinner and 
we all ate dinner at a table together, five o'clock, and it was just a nice time <laughs> to a big table. connect. That was it was a picnic bench <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with two long benches. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So yeah, I think that um, my parents really taught some important principles. They taught us to work hard and to love all and not take life so seriously. Our right. our house was full of laughter and. Yeah. It was it was just a really great childhood. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, we know some mutual friends and they all talk about how positive and what what a great influence and the, the energy that you bring. Well, and I know you had a great childhood, but I want to talk a little bit about maybe some of some struggles that you had growing up. I would imagine even though it was it was a good atmosphere, mm-hmm. I mean, being one of, you know, eight siblings and and growing up, just what are some of the things that maybe you struggled with? You know, maybe some beliefs you had about yourself that were, that kind of held you back as you were growing up, if any. I hate to say this because I'm going to sound so privileged, but at a young age, I feel like it was like Emperor's New Clothes. Like I was just, I just right. believed that I I, I kind of had it all. I had, sure. I, um, I, my parents were very good about words of affirmation and making me feel confident. They also instructed us how to find a very strong source and that was spirituality okay and you could you could if you're feeling low find your spirituality find strength in spirituality and of course you know as a teenager you you know it ebbs and flows like you're feeling right. confident you like a guy he doesn't like you back you feel bad about it you <laughs> you run for office you don't make it you feel bad but it's just you get over it right and it was nothing long term it was just okay it was just i mean i didn't get acne until i was 26 so <laughs> my my youth i really felt like life was good i didn't i had extraordinary friends who are still my best friends today right um who who made really good decisions we we just enjoyed doing silly things you know just right. enjoyed each other's company and so as a child and as a youth, I felt very confident. I had a very loving support system, good friends. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's great, actually, because I think we think that everyone has to have this rough childhood or they've had some struggles. Not that you didn't have your you know, days where you had those moments, but I think it's imp- very powerful you know, about how your parents raised you and what we try and do is instill confidence because I have four kids and I try to instill confidence in them. And what, what's, what's there to say that why couldn't they pick that up early in, in their, in their childhood like you did? Yeah. So I think that's really cool. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's so amazing because I think with nine of us, people ask, Oh, were you guys super competitive? No, actually. I mean, none of us excelled academically, um, sports, we weren't really that talented, <laughs> but we were all hard workers. And so I think everybody just kind of cheered for everyone else and right. yeah, got along. So would you say like hard work is probably the thing that was instilled into you? As, Absolutely. As you? Okay. Yeah. You're expected to do certain things and yeah, in that, in that area. Definitely. And you had to be self-reliant if, if, you know, part of the deal was going to college. My parents would pay for the freshman year for housing, and then after that, it was up to you. So I knew oh, if I if I wanted to go to college, I had to work for it. 
I knew that if I wanted to extracurricular activities, I, I needed to pay for these things. And I'm so glad because it developed a really strong work ethic in all of us. We enjoy work. Right. Wow, I love that. So that also taught you to be more independent. And we'll get into some of the things that you've done, which is pretty remarkable. Um, so you graduated from the University of Utah in communications. I did. Yeah. So in uh, my undergraduate. Okay. Uh-huh. And then what did you do after that? Um. So after I after I graduated from college, I actually wrote a sports station a letter telling them that they needed this one particular position because I really wanted to work in sports radio. Really. And um, I created this letter, sent it. Was no response and I was relentless and <laughs> and I ended up getting this job as promotions director for 1320k fan which I don't think even exists anymore really <laughs> it's now 1280 the zone but um okay. <laughs> but yeah so I I worked in sports radio for a few years I then worked in the for the 2002 Olympic Games in the Athletes Village. Nice. I then worked in the nonprofit sector for a bit. I worked in retail doing public relations and then I always on the side I was always volunteering at okay. um, elementary schools and I felt like life was pretty fulfilling working with kids. Right. And I actually was working um, in public relations with a with a strong education initiative we were working on something with that and I was just really moved and I thought you know what I'm gonna make a difference here I'm going to go back to school and get a master's in education and become a teacher and so I did wow that's awesome let's go back just a little bit you said you were relentless because yeah. you wanted that position. What did you do? Did you keep writing the letter Todd, over and over again? It's embarrassing. Now that <laughs> I look back, I, no, it's I good. think. Let's hear it. Well, I, yeah, I created a letter and I knew that I was familiar with the setup of radio. And I knew that there were certain jobs in the, on the FM side that uh -huh. the AM side did not have. Okay. And so I just pointed that difference out to the um, director at that uh -huh. time and told them that in order to increase listenership that they should have this job created and and so that letter and you know this is I should have just <laughs> sent an email but I guess right. letter at that time that dates me but right so I sent the letter and then I sent another letter and then I actually did a drop by visit nice and yeah so they thought, well, this girl's not going to go away, so we probably should. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I feel like I was pretty much working for pennies, but it was my goal, and I right. wanted to fulfill a goal, and then it worked out in my behalf because I think I, I proved to them what I wrote about, and things were coming to fruition for the station, and so my increase in pay and more opportunities led through that. The Olympics actually recruited me to interview with them, and oh, wow. that's how I got that job, okay. just through connections sure, and sure. meeting other people. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so what, before you, I mean, you're obviously currently you're a teacher, and you realize that's what you wanted to do. Before that, what was the job you 
like the most or did you just like the whole experience and everything i really love public relations because i'm a people person and i can tell (laughs) thank you and i i enjoy connecting with people and i enjoy the marketing aspect of creating promotions so I I actually really enjoyed public relations. I was laid off a couple times, which kind of set me back. And right. and things in public relations were changing to more um, social media, and I just wasn't skilled in that. Mm-hmm. My college education was kind of old school public relation, and to be quite honest, I was a little fearful about my future in public relations because we had these new grads and they were, they were smarter in the field and they were just more cutting edge. And, uh, on the side, I had always volunteered at a school and I thought this is something I may want to do. And, um, I also think life is full of, of fun opportunities that you can create for yourself. And, I wanted to try teaching. Love it. Love it. You also own, you're the owner of Life Lemons Card Company. Let's talk about that and what that all means. Okay. (laughs) Well, after I got laid off from one of my jobs, um, simultaneously, one of my sisters was going through um, a divorce that was quite challenging. And so I went to go get her a card and I could not find any card that was appropriate at that time. There were get well cards and there were birthday cards and anniversary cards, but nothing dealing with heartache, nothing Mm. with a divorce. So someone else that was laid off from the same company, he was a designer. I just asked him (laughs) and and it was kind of funny. I just said, good luck in court. Hope you get it all. Right. You know, it just, and, and so he created this card and anyway, I, I gave it to her and it just was funny. It was something that she could just kind of, Oh, you know, thank you. And, um, one of her friends saw it who owned a shop and she saw it. She liked it. Oh, could you make some for my shop? And then I just realized like other things were happening. My friend's dog died. I made a card for that situation. One of my friends, he came out and with same sex attraction, that was very Mm -hmm. hard for him. So I made a card for him, all these different things. And so I created a line called life's lemons and re- I did no market research, but <laughs> I just realized every shop that I was going to didn't, nothing existed like that. Wow. And so then I showcased out in New York. I got picked up by several different shops in the States and in London and was featured on CNN, which was yeah, a I total that. surprise. That's amazing. It was cool. I think KSL because they did a story on it. And then I think CNN just picked it up from picked them. Picked up on it. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. So that was that was that was a fun adventure, um, but it was exhausting as well. It was sure. it, it was a good appreciation to how to start a company, yeah. what to do, and it was just something on the side that, oh, these these people need to feel loved and I want to make them feel that way. Well it sounds like that's kinda like your MO because you, you find something that's missing and you're like, I'm gonna go oh. fill that void. Well, I mean, that's you. what you did with the sports radio. Like, they're missing this part. They need this position. Yeah. You know, this they're missing this type of card for the for people who are going through a tough time. And that's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so, and you brought some of those cards today, by the way. Thank you so much. Yay, my pleasure. <laughs> um, so let's jump ahead a little bit. Now, 
you know, you're you're 42 years old. I am now. And yes. She honestly, listeners, if you don't know her, she looks like she's 22. Thank you. <laughs> it's the converse. Not, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> converse bo- and beanie. I still don't believe you that you're 42. But um, <laughs> so you're married to Tate. Yes. And he's 26. You got it. Now that's young uh, stallion. Quite the. <laughs> Talk about that. I know that's breaking the social norms a little bit, but uh, but uh, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I actually met Tate at work. Um, we so full time. We both have full time jobs, and then we would work at yoga to okay. get a free membership, basically at this pretty elite club that's uh-huh. quite expensive. And he's a big snowboarder, so he liked to do okay. yoga after snowboarding and. Anyway, um, I had to train the new guy for yoga, and he was the new guy, and we got to know one another. It was instant that we became very good friends, and right. Tate is an old soul, so I feel like I'm young at heart, he's an old soul, <laughs> and we right. didn't know how old the other one was. I mean, he lived on his own, he had traveled in Europe, he... Mm-hmm was calling me rather than texting so all these implications that he was older (laughs) right (laughs) you know (laughs) and so i just assumed that he was in his 30s sure sure and he assumed that i was in my 30s right and so he thought oh just a little older and i thought oh just a little younger well Uh decade younger you know (laughs) but i'm like that's within reason um (laughs) well not i mean i don't know i didn't think anything of it i was dating uh, I was dating other people and I would just work with Tate and we had just discovered a lot of similarities and we really enjoyed one another's company and as every day that we worked it was just fun right and it was very organic and very natural and very easy to be friends right and I I was attracted to him but I I honestly thought no way like he is First of all, I am um, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he is not religious. And so I always in my head thought, for sure, I need someone who is a member of my same belief system. Uh (laughs) And so that was for sure, you know, not happening because of that. And then I discovered his age and I about fell off my rocker. I bet. Um, and so, of course, I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, but I was dating other guys who weren't showing the emotional maturity that he had, uh-huh. who weren't showing this unconditional friendship and just pure love of just being a good person. Uh-huh. He demonstrated all these qualities that I was looking for, but I had put it in a box and I thought I would find it if it was wrapped up in this box, but he didn't have the box. (laughs) He wasn't wrapped up in the religion and the age. And I, it actually, thank goodness he said something. I, he had the best reaction. I mean, usually I would tell guys my age Uh and I wouldn't get a second date because I was 40 and he just, he's like, Oh, that's awesome. He said, it makes you who you are. And, and I, I said, I understand, you know, if it's weird for you to be friends or if, if you don't want to continue hanging out because at this time we were working, but we were also doing other things. Right. 
And he just, he was so positive and he said, no, Amber, why does that make a difference? It doesn't, it doesn't change you. In fact, it makes you who you are. Mm -hmm. And his response was so refreshing and so authentic. Yeah. And he saw my soul and it wasn't, it wasn't Amber who's 40 and who's Mormon. It was, it was who I was. Right. And yeah. So that's awesome. So you got you're you're now married, and how how long have you been married with them? We got married in August, so it's been four yeah. blissful months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and quite interesting too. Where you know you're you you're religious, he's not. Yes. How do you guys balance that? I guess because I know that could be a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know. So how does that? How do you guys balance that? I think thankfully each of us are very respectful and very mature Mm -hmm. we and we have unconditional love so Mm -hmm. our love isn't conditioned on if we have the same beliefs okay and i think you know we talk politics and sometimes we have varying degrees and it's just like that it's if someone has a if they believe in a politician you don't believe in that it's and with religion he respects how I grew up. He respects how I have a spiritual source that is so helpful in my life. He supports, I, he comes to church with me every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. I support him when he talks about his belief system and things that he wants to do. Right. It, it's mutual support. It's okay. mutual respect. Wow. It's almost like, you know, as you say that, it's kind of like how you were raised and your parents were like, we're going to accept all, you know, we have all these different people in our homes. It was almost like you just realized and learned that everyone matters, basically. It doesn't matter if we believe the exact same things, Mm -hmm. we can still love each other and it kind of seems like that's how you were raised. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I definitely, and I, and I commend my parents because they were so extremely supportive. Yeah. Um, they, they just saw that Tate was a good person and he brought out the best in me and they were ecstatic. Yeah. And I think also, I think being single for as long as I was definitely helped me make that decision because I realized that just because someone is affiliated with a religion or affiliated with, you know, a certain job doesn't make that person good or great. Right. It's character. It's how that person makes you feel. And, um, yeah, I, I I feel very grateful that I found someone who was emotionally mature and available. And I I would have loved to have been there when you both told each other your ages. (laughs) Excuse me? <laughs> Did you just say 42? Yeah. <laughs> 41? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was something else. Yeah. And, and then you're like, you're only what? 26? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, I think that's really cool. And I think um, for our listeners out there, you know, I, I, I just think that's the way we should be in life more that way instead of just, like you said, I'm in this box. And if you don't fit in this box with me, then we can't be together or we can't talk or we can't whatever well and it was really helpful because tate actually was the one i I think i was probably more set in my ways and Uh he said it's so interesting amber because one of your best friends is 55 and one of your best friends is 25 so why can't i be your best friend interesting and yeah why not (laughs) he's like and why can't i why can't we 
be romantically involved. Why? Yeah. And I really didn't have a good reason. It was just all of these societal, right. uh, or is that a word? Societal? Society. I, sounds good so to me. <laughs> society mm-hmm. implying that this is the right way. And it's so interesting because I, I had felt such a double standard. I had actually dated a guy who was 15 years older than me. Okay. And people were so supportive. Go for it. Da, da, da. And then when I would tell people about Tate and his <laughs> age, they're like, Ugh. and I have the best of both worlds because he's not jaded he is <laughs> he is fun and he he i i feel like our pace of life is very similar our right. energy is the same um things that we've experienced in life is is just align very well right wow that's awesome that's that's really cool and i'm, I'm so glad you're willing to share that and that you're doing that um i want to talk about let's go back because you were single for a long time and there's a there's a there's a large segment in 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 this world that are they've been single for a long long time and I you know I even have a lot of clients I work with who are single mm-hmm. and they think that that's almost a, a bad thing and which it isn't but they and I get it because we want connection we want to be with someone but I let's talk about that because you know I'm sure that was a difficult time I mean single for a long long time 20. I mean, you look at it, really, you were single for 20 years because yeah. we're supposed to get married and right. all this stuff after high school or whatever. But let's talk about that and how you dealt with that. Absolutely. Well, I think you're right. I think um, in my culture, the the norm is 23. And in the U.S. culture, it's the norm is 28. So really, yeah, yeah I had about two decades where I was kind of the oddball. <laughs> and yeah. And it's hard it was it was extremely challenging and i think i am a person who has a strong spiritual belief where i found a lot of strength i had tremendous friends who were non-judgmental incredible family who is inclusive mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't take care of that void like yeah. you said every not I shouldn't say everyone because some people choose not to have a connection. Yeah. They they don't want that. But I did. And growing up in an environment where there are always a lot of people around, it was very hard for me because I felt so lonely and it was such a contrast where I I had so many people and, and felt so loved and now I'm in this these years where I was just struggling to make a connection and I would go out with great guys and some would be interested, some would not. And I, the ones that were interested, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can I not, why can I not be interested in them? They're, they're perfect. And then the other guys that I wanted to, that I was interested, they were interested in me. And, you know, dating plays mind tricks on you. It, 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 it really yeah. does. Yeah. It makes you very self-critical, very self-aware. And for that, it it's extremely challenging. And I think something that is difficult that I, I've tried to express to some people that maybe haven't been in this circumstance it's a real trial that mm-hmm. um, it definitely ebbs and flows. You and you have to create opportunities to kind of pick yourself out of that hole. And right. sometimes there were days, there were months, there was a year where 
I felt like I was in a hole and I had people around me. Like I said, I had this spiritual uh, source I could turn to. I had great friends. I had tremendous family, but I, I just felt empty because at 40, I wasn't married. I wasn't a mother and all these things that I thought would be happening in my life weren't happening. And I had the work ethic. I worked hard yeah. and I, this is one thing that I felt like I can't work hard at and get. Yeah. And it was so frustrating for me because I, I mean, single life was exhausting because I would date a lot and yeah. I would go on these setups and to some degree, it's not fun. I mean, people would always say, oh, it's a free meal. I'm like, I can pay for my meal. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> right. want a free meal. I just yeah. I just want the <laughs> peace of mind that knowing that someone has my back, that I have a yeah. connection. But, and then you hear, like, you hear all these statements, like, oh, it's a numbers game. I'm like, if it's a numbers game, I'm well into it, like, yes. beyond it. Like, what are the numbers then? Yes, like, you know? <laughs> because I really, in one year, I, I had mottos, like, every year for myself to, like, gear up. I'm like, <laughs> service and setups. It's all about service and setups. <laughs> so I would literally take any setup. And uh-huh. I was going on, like, dinner lineups, dessert lineups. Wow. and And then... I was also working, you know, multiple jobs. So it was just, yeah. it was just really exhausting. Did you get to the, was there ever a point too where you're like, you just took a break from oh. dating where you oh, had yeah. like months and months and months where you're just like, you know what, I'm, I'm out for a while. For sure. Yeah. And you, it, and I, I would have to like coach myself to get back in. Okay. <laughs> so, like, <Right>. Really? It <laughs> was, it was just like, okay, you have to be social. You have to go to this event. <laughs> and I would try. And I, I am a people person. I really sure. enjoy people, yeah. but group dynamics probably aren't the best because, um, it made me feel very insecure because I felt like the guys were always choosing the blonde bombshells and I'm not mm-hmm. the blonde bombshell. And, and so then it made you kind of competitive in a weird way and yeah. ways that I, I just felt bad about myself. And so I was like, uh, no more group activities, like no more of this. And, right. but then, <laughs> but then also recognizing, okay, if I don't go, I'm really isolating myself from opportunities. Yeah. And I have met greatest girlfriends from these events and I I think I think my attitude changed where I was less concerned about being liked and more concerned with trying to like people and and getting to know people's story and and yeah I don't know (laughs) there's so much to say about those years so I mean but you never gave up, obviously. Here we are. <laughs> I never <laughs> gave up. And the thing is, I think what is challenging as well, it's it feels like Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. My life felt like Groundhog's Day. And for a person who really enjoys change and my personal life wasn't changing, it was depressing. Okay. And not only are you trying to find the, the, a romantic connection with someone, and you're getting your heart broken left and right. You're just, it, it's just, it's the walking wounded. I, I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes society values, you know, if if you're married and you're going through a divorce, granted, I know that's a whole other level, but I, 
I would go, I remember going into work after just being heartbroken after a breakup and nobody really understood. They're like, Oh, it's a breakup. You'll be back on your feet in a month. Yeah. And it, it just, it, I put so much into my relationships that it just, yeah. it hurt so much. And, you know, we're doing sign up sheets for people that have lost their spouse. And I, I'm like, I need a sign up sheet. I'm exhausted. Yes. I would like dinner to come my way, sure. but I'm the one that they're calling <laughs> because I'm single. I don't have the children. I'm the one that they're calling to serve other people. Right. And I think what's difficult also is you're also replacing friends because those friends that are, you've kind of learned to navigate the single world through, they're moving on. They're finding their significant other. So all of a sudden, your best friend, you no longer have these best friends because everyone's kind of moved on. And so it's recreating friendships. Right. It's recreating social groups. It's it's just a very cyclical, kind of exhausting um, situation. But I do think I'm... I'm very now, yeah. now that I'm on the other end, I think yeah. now I can talk about it. I think when I was in it, it was really hard to talk about because again, I felt like something was wrong with yeah. me and I wanted to identify what it was and take care of it. And I realized there wasn't anything wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say that because a lot of my clients who are single, um, they, they do have that kind of, that's kind of the common thread. They have this belief that something's wrong. Yeah. When reality, that's it's furthest from the truth. There truly is nothing wrong. I think that they have a high standard, and that is wonderful. We should not settle, right? And nobody should settle. It's it's the same if you're 22 and you find someone that you're attracted to and that brings out the best in you. You want that, right? And if it takes a couple decades, three decades, <laughs> like I was willing to wait because I didn't want to settle. Yeah. And I think that the value that helped me was like, I want to be valiant with my value of right. not settling. I love that. And, yeah. and, and that kind of kept me going. And I knew also that there was a purpose for my life and there was a reason that I was on this path mm -hmm. and these people, these 13 minute dates. I mean, literally it was like, sometimes I would have 13 minute dates and I'm like, well, obviously they weren't attracted because yeah. Yeah, we'll they're, they're taking me home in 13 minutes. Yeah. But I, I tried to really discover something positive about each date that I would go on. Right. And I, I'm a list person. So I would write characteristics that I liked mm -hmm. or something. And I'm grateful for that time to, really examine characteristics that I liked and get to know myself better. And I have an incredible relationship with my parents because yeah. I feel like they became more peers than parents because I, I was older and yeah. alone and I became financially equipped. I, um, emotionally ready and I knew how to, to get myself out of a hole. I, right. I feel like there were a lot of coping skills being single that I really learned. And I, I, I think one of the best things that I learned is just compassion. Yeah. I, I recognize that a lot of people would come and talk to me that maybe were in a situation of like wanting something and not getting it. Yeah. Women that were trying to get pregnant they could come talk to me. I wanted a husband. Yeah. I wanted a family. And yeah. um, 
we could relate on that level. I, I just think that people, life is not perfect for anyone. It's hard, but you got to find your happy. Yeah. Well, you know, it goes with a, a, a principle that I, you know, talk a lot about with my clients and it's, it's life happens for us. And you've, you know, just, if we just look at the, you said you've learned compassion you're so much more compassionate. People reach out to you for that reason. Think about that. If that was the whole reason you went through it, and mm-hmm. I know there's many thousands of more reasons why, mm-hmm. but if we just looked at that one thing, I mean, what a gift, Absol- right? Absolutely. I feel like life is so much more robust now mm-hmm. because I I am so much more sensitive and I, I try to seek out and understand people mm-hmm. and and getting to know people in different circumstances yeah yeah and i i became really close with my grandma who was widowed because of that as well like we didn't have someone we would you know it's just these these surprising friendships that you create and these yeah that was I I think that was the coolest thing about my years and and also recognizing like this is my life like I feel a a little out of control in this realm because (laughs) I'm just working so hard to meet someone Mm -hmm. but I having a belief that this is this is happening for a reason yeah. and i strongly believe that i was protected in many ways of sure. being with the wrong person yeah i love that um you know you think about your life i mean you've had a, some amazing jobs you've traveled the world you know you've you know you've learned compassion on a level that maybe a lot of us don't get to mm-hmm. um, among a bunch of other things that you've done you mentioned something too you like you said it really helped when you kind of realized there's a purpose behind this and I think that's important for all of us to know what our purpose is. Why are we really truly here? And if it means I'm going through this for a, it's going to help me get here kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think that's important. And it was cool that you said that. Yeah. 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 I think that, and it's hard when you're going through it and you, you don't see the hope in your life yeah. and you, you feel like you're just, it's Groundhog's Day, but it's not each day there is something created for you there is life like you said live in live into the answer or you know you're you are creating things that will make you a better person i love that i love that okay there's a couple things i want to talk about you mentioned something you you know you do uh kind of like your daily routine. Uh-huh. Let's talk about that. What's your daily routine look like and, and why? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's so important to have discipline, like self-discipline and mm-hmm. create your own happy. Mm-hmm. And each day I know that it's my uh, opportunity to create my happy. Yeah. And so I wake up sometimes earlier than others and um currently right now <clears throat> i'm trying to read a religious book and i'm also trying to learn another language so i'm re- reading that religious book in spanish so i wake up wow i i read a chapter or two okay and then i'm fortunate to live very close to my work and so i have to have some 
outside time. So I choose to commute to work on my bike. I have an awesome little cruiser with three baskets full of homework (laughs) and quick change of clothes and my lunch. And (laughs) it's perfect. I just bundle up and Uh I bike into work. And as I bike into work, I say my prayers. I say a morning prayer. And I, when I was single, I, I just had such low days sometimes Mm -hmm. just feeling like, when is my life going to change? And I had to change my thought process to taking inventory of all the things that I did have. Right. And so, because, you know, you look around in society, I'm like, they have the cutest kids. They have this awesome marriage. And, and I had so many other things and Mm -hmm. I, I was, I recognize I had all those things, but sometimes it was just, hard because you feel like an outsider right and so in my morning prayers it's a gratitude prayer it's nothing i don't ask for anything i didn't just taking inventory of everything i'm so grateful that i have yeah and and then i um get to work and work with the children yeah Some oh. days can be fun. Uh, some yeah. days can be taxing. Can imagine, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I try. I mean, that's a fun job because I get to create life life lessons for them. Yeah, for sure. And create academics in a fun way. And then I come home and I try to do some exercise of some sort. Okay. And then connect with people. Sure. Just make calls, friends or family members and... And then because I'm freshly married, uh-huh. I, I think it's really important to spend time making me a we. Yeah. And so we are doing our best to create our goals and to create new traditions. And thankfully, uh, we both really love to spend time with each other. So we just, I don't know, we like to put furniture together or just, yeah. it just whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is serve awesome. our community, whatever. But I Very think cool. that the daily routine of things, it's not grandiose. It's really simple, but it helps me kind of center my life. Like the beginning of the day with a gratitude prayer, beginning my day with something that I want to achieve, something that yeah. I want to learn more about, something that helps me, you know, spiritually where the, in this world, you're not really taught that unless you yeah, seek after it. Exactly. Wow. Very cool. I love <laughs> it. Um, so tell us, you know, I mean, there's so much more to your story, I know, but believe it or not, man, our time's flying here. Um, tell us, you know, I asked you like if you'd come up with a, a maybe a challenge for our listeners. Oh, yeah. And uh, you got a really unique one, which is, <laughs> but it's actually really cool. And I think I've heard this before a Have few you? other times. So, okay. so I think our listeners will really dig this. So what's, what's the challenge for all of us? Okay. It's going to sound really <laughs> morbid, but just hear me out. So I'll give you the backstory. And, um, in college, I had a class called death and dying. And it was actually an extraordinary class about life and Mm -hmm. how to live it and we had guest speakers talk about trials and trauma Mm -hmm. and my professor had us write an obituary our own obituary okay and it was something that provided me such intention with my life that has served such purpose and i would like to have your listeners 
create their own obituary. Okay. I think that it is a really helpful way to prioritize things. Okay. It gives the why to what you're doing. Yeah. And it, it figure out what legacy you want to leave because you can, you are, you will leave a legacy and what will that legacy look like? Yeah. Very cool. Do you read that often? Is that something? You know what is so sad? I don't even know where mine is, Uh but I I do remember (laughs) what it said. Uh And, um, something that I do kind of on the same lines is I just each year I do write my goals of however old I am. So I have 42 goals this year. (laughs) Right on. And then I, so that's kind of my, um, that's cool. My thing. Yeah. So yeah, I I've got to rewrite my obituary because that means I don't know I'd where have it to is. do thirty this year. Yeah, thirty and a grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Yeah, I'm telling you, social norms. I'm telling you, social norms <laughs> breaking them. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, and how long have you been doing that? Is that something you've just done every year? Just the goals, the goal that, thing. Like oh, I'm gonna yeah. do forty this year, and then forty one. I, I think I started when I was twenty. That's cool. actually when I was. Yeah, when when I I went away to school, I went away to BYU Hawaii, and okay. um, I actually I was severely homesick, and that was something that was really hard for me. And I think something that I learned, I just had to suck it up mm-hmm. and deal with it. And yeah. I just kind of created like weekly goals for myself, yeah. and cool. that's when I yeah became very paper oriented, like. Check yeah. it, check it off the list. Well, that's awesome. Well, Amber, you're an amazing person. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we've had a chance to sit down and talk. And um, and and for our listeners too, I'm grateful that they get a chance to hear your story and what you've been through. Very positive, great energy. You've you know you've shared some really powerful things for for all of us, including me. Even though I've been married, but just hearing how you handle life and how you've handled you know some of these challenges is really inspiring. And I want to thank you for being willing to come on uh, my belief cast and share that with us. Oh, like I said, it's such a privilege to be here. I think you're doing extraordinary things and I, I just feel very fortunate to be a part of this. So thank you. You bet. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you and ask you a question or maybe they're struggling and they want to get some more advice from you, how would they do that? What would be the best way? Um, you can, I, I, nothing's like public, but you can message, <laughs> message me on Facebook or something. Um, okay. Amber Pulley Moyer. Um, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I put her on the spot there. She wasn't ready for that one, but, <laughs> but you know, you know, there, you know, there might be some people out there who want to talk to you directly that Absolutely. may have been single and they're still single and they want like, want to get some more advice from you. But I think that would be good if you're open to letting Definitely. them reach out to I'm, you that way. I'm open, very yeah. open to talk. You can also reach out to me and I can track her down for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've got all our contact info. Um, anyway, thanks so much. And, uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for your support. I mean, I think we re- we're over 13,000 downloads now, which just blows my mind. Thank you so much for your support. Please share Amber's uh, Belief Cast with a- anyone and everyone, your family members. Um, if you have someone who's struggling with being single, they would they will really benefit from her story. So please share it with everyone. And Amber, th- again, thanks for being on. Gracias. Okay. <laughs> thanks. See you guys later. Thanks.